Social Media Serenity, podcast episode number 24. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Social Media Serenity. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name's Eric Fisher. And we're here each and every week to bring to you the latest in all the news related to social media, social networking sites, and how we can use all this information to make these things benefit our lives without overtaking our lives. Yes. So anyway, Eric, welcome back. I am glad to have you back because last week... My throat got a little sore by the end of the episode, my friend. <laughs> Some of us are here every week, we'll say. <laughs> hey, uh, so I don't know if you got a chance to catch last week's show or not uh, on the download, but let me tell you, uh, I reported on a service called Celery. Did you hear about this? Yes. So the whole the whole deal here was I was going off of a Mashable uh, article where somebody had said, you know, this is this is an interesting story. You might want to cover it in uh, Social Media Serenity. It's about old people who are faxing their Twitter updates. And so, of course, right. I, it's like, okay, that sounds very intriguing. If, if nothing else, just, you know, old people tweeting by fax. I thought it was a funny story. Well, it turns out this, this link to this article was uh, um, a mashable write-up. And I read their post and I was influenced by their post. And, they, you know, they made a huge deal about how this wasn't economic or... Uh, was not very environmentally friendly. You know, just think of all the trees that are being wasted and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, obviously here, I don't consider myself to be a quote unquote reporter, but I did get some feedback from uh, a gentleman by the name of Duncan who says, you know, um, bef- you know, perhaps if you would have looked at the site, you might have uh, seen that, you know, there's some information there that that may may make you think differently about the environmental impact of celery. And so he pointed me to a link to mycelery.com slash celery hyphen is hyphen green dot php. All right. And so here's the thing. Tips for a greener celery. People today are more concerned than ever with being environmentally conscious. So we'd like to provide some tips to help you and your celery using loved ones conserve resources. But first, we'd like to point out a few reasons why celery is more environmentally friendly than you may realize at first. Uh, first of all, no more uh, envelopes with celery. So you can, you know, they, they usually are sending little, you know, messages by mail to their family. These the older folks, I guess. Right. Um, she, they say that uh, most of the celery users will actually uh, reuse paper. So they'll write both on the front and the back side. And that one's a little, that's like, okay. But the third one, it it got me. I'm like, okay, I totally get it now. Celery users use less energy than a computer. Celery works with any fax machine. Our customized celery machine is, oh my gosh, they have a customized celery celery machine? That's crazy. (laughs) Anyway, our customized celery machine is a color Lexmark X5070 which you uh, which you would have to run for 16 years to equal the power used by your average desktop computer in just one year. Wow. So there you go, my friend. So I, I just I just figured, you know, I, I better follow up on that just to let people know that that Mashable they're mm. they're reporting on how how horrible this is for the environment did kind of influence me. And I didn't really go into a whole lot of depth in researching the story. So. There we go. Just setting the record straight, my friend. 
Well, all this talk about celery is making me hungry. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> so uh, what's going on in the world of social networking? What's, what's the biggest thing on your mind today? Oh, well, I'm going to say this. As fans of Ping.fm, they were purchased. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing as far as I can tell. All right. So Ping.fm, we've talked about this before. Explain to people what Ping.fm is just in case they might not know. Ping.fm is a hub where you can go and enter one message or one link to an audio file or, or, or anything, and it will then let you update at least about 50 different social networks with a single status update. Right. So Ping.fm was purchased by Seismic. Which Seismic has like really, they have really like been crazy mad with their advancements in their own Twitter clients and other things. They, Seismic is a company, as far as I know, started out with um, like a, it was like a video version of Twitter. Did you use that when it came out? No, but I saw it. It wasn't, I didn't think it was amazing, but I thought, you know, this has pro, you know, potential that things will go this way eventually. Yeah. Video, quick video tweets. Yeah, little quick video tweets is what it was, and and it was interesting. It, it, it was it was more interesting when the service first started, uh, because that way it was um, it, it was a community. You could you even it was a it was like when Twitter first started out. It's like there were so few of us using Twitter, so all of a sudden, if we met somebody via Twitter, it's like we interacted a lot with them because, well, there was not too many other people you knew who had Twitter. So it was a, is a great way to build relationships. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and it was via video and it was just really neat to see conversation. Like for example, you, you could just go in and say, here's a topic. This is, I was just thinking about this today and this is why I think this way, you know, tell me what you guys think. And, you know, you could check in at the end of the day and you'll see like, you know, 40 different people from all over the world have commented back and forth on, and had an ongoing conversation uh, throughout the course of the day. And you can watch it in chronological order. So that's, that's what Seismic was and, and how it all started out. And then I saw them enter into the desktop um, Twitter space. So just like we have talked about TweetDeck and all these other services, they came out with a thing called Seismic Desktop. And it was, it, matter of fact, I, in my opinion, it was kind of a total, re, it was a, I mean, you take a tweet deck and and you poured it over, it, it's, it was the same thing. I don't know. Do, have you played with Seismic Desktop? Yeah, there was a time there where I kept going back and forth between, I had both of them running at the same time, not open at the same time, but I would try them both out. Seismic had kind of an iTunes visual kind of a style to it, but it was, it was basically tweet deck. And, um, so yeah, it's seismic for everything as far as a, as a desktop Twitter client, you know, it's, it's, it's good. It's decent. I think, you know, it based on preference, you go for TweetDeck or, um, seismic. If you're looking for, you know, like a desktop Twitter client, right. They're very similar. You, I mean, I can see why somebody would like one more than the other. Mm -hmm. So, well, I'll tell you, um, Louis, I think his name's Louis Lamore, or I know his first name's Louis. But anyway, right. he is—he's the guy who's behind Seismic, and I know that he must have you know a sizable amount of uh, 
revenue to be able to do all the things that he does. And and if I'm not mistaken, I think he's held some international tech conferences and and there are some pretty uh, high end people who are attending his conferences. So I, I know there's something behind him. If anything, I think this news says a lot for the service of ping.fm that it's actually going to be, uh, I think number one, it's going to be more stable. Mm-hmm. And number two, I think it's going to see a lot more advancement. And I think we'll see, you know, now of course they have their own Twitter client. And so I hope that right. this won't impede upon, you know, their integration with other people such as, you know, our new favorite Hootsuite. Right. That that was one of my fears at first. I, I thought, oh no, Seismic got ping.fm. Nobody else will be able to use it. But I think that... I, I, I don't think they'll do that though. I don't think they will either. I Because I th- here, here's the one thing that I have. A f- and again, I don't know Luik personally, but you know, back being involved in this in the Seismic community when it first started, uh, getting to know the, the vibe and the feel of what Seismic is... Um, I, I have a feeling that he understands the internet community and the service that this provides. And I think if anything, this could actually advance, um, you know, integration of ping.fm to a lot of, I think he's got the power and the relationships to put, to put the power of ping.fm into a lot of other Twitter clients. Yeah. That, that was kind of my second response to it was, wow, this actually could be really good. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. Right now, it's all speculation, but uh, I just signed into ping.fm, which, by the way, let me just see some. I, I wonder if they've made any kind of server changes or anything like that, because one of the reasons... Well, it loaded pretty fast. Um, one of the reasons why I moved from ping.fm to over to Hello TXT back in the day was because I was having some very slow server load times with ping.fm. Uh, very slow. And so, uh, but it, it, it loads pretty fast right now. It's this first time I've been signed into it forever. Of course, I'm using ping.fm every day and don't even realize it really anymore because I use Hootsuite to send out everything, um, you know, to all my different services. Exactly. Well, and here's something I did. I actually went ahead and followed Seismic on Twitter and then shot them a message saying, um, let me check the conversation here. Because I have their response, but I want to know what specifically I asked them. I think it was something along the lines of, oh, any plans for an iPhone app? Now that you have ping.fm, it would be awesome. And so Seismic wrote back and said, it's coming soon. Thanks for your patience and support. And what was the question again? I'm sorry. I was. I, uh, <clears throat> I tweeted to Seismic and asked them, now that they've got ping.fm, are they going to be coming out with an iPhone, Seismic iPhone oh, app? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, you know what? Yeah, Wouldn't that, it be crazy if Seismic, who now owns Ping.fm, came out with the one Twitter client that finally would, I mean, other than Tweety One, um, the, the you know, state-of-the-art Twitter client that had Ping.fm in, integrated, you know, even right. before Hootsuite gets to it. Right. At this point. So Which still I, hasn't happened. So well, I, and I think I'm hoping it will. I'm hoping that we see Hootsuite add the um, the Ping.fm integration into the iPhone. And the other thing I really want to see in the Hootsuite I, iPhone application, which I just recognized, uh, I, I I actually sometimes will fl- when I want to, I will actually flip back to my original Tweety to to view some stuff because in my timelines when I'm actually browsing. I like to be able to see the conversation. So if nothing else, I don't need it to be threaded all the way, but I 
absolutely want to be able to see the, you know, this tweet is in reply to such and such. And of course, I want to be able to click that and see the, the you know, the linked original tweet that this is a response to. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so uh, that's not in the Hootsuite iPhone application. I, there's no way for you to, to go and, and find out what that half of the conversation is referring to. Yeah. So anyway, so. I, I think that they'll, I think they'll get that. I mean, I, I mean, gosh, for, for the first attempt at an iPhone application from, from Hootsuite, it's totally awesome. Yeah. Um, now I think another story, and of course, for those of you who are, who have, who listen to help, I got a Mac and social media serenity. Um, first and foremost, I want to apologize to you because we're going to probably cover at least two stories uh, the same here. We'll, we'll probably take less detail here and I'll just refer people back to episode number 103 of Help I Got a Mac, where Eric, you happen to be a co-host today. Yeah. You filled in for Chris. And so we talked a little bit about two big stories uh, related to social media serenity topics. Uh, One being that the Nexus One phone from Google has come out. Yes. And what this means, of course, if you want to hear, gosh, us going on for about 30 minutes about the Nexus One and 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 what why we're all excited about it, I encourage you to just go to listen to that. It's it's very social media applicable. You should just go. It's it's part it's part two of this discussion right now. Exactly. And all all we'll bring here to to this that we you know just to give you a flavor of of what what's exciting here is is the fact is is that up until now in the social media space, the question has always been, you know, hey, do you have an iPhone for app for that? Or hey, there's an iPhone app for this. And I think I think the biggest news here is that get ready to um, see a lot of Android apps made available for all the different services that we know and love in social media. Yes. Yeah. So. And, and actually, just to jump back one second on Seismic, they... I believe are the most fully integrated Twitter client because they have other than that's fun. Actually, it's very funny. The one platform they really don't have a, an app for is the iPhone. They've got the Blackberry, they've got Android, they've got, they're on the web, they've got a windows and, and, um, an OS X app. Yeah. But they don't have the iPhone. Yeah, that, that is very cool. And I wonder how, um, there's, you know, syncability is back and forth with each other. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I've not used, I've not used it, but, uh, you know, I, I've been such a huge fan of, of Hootsuite these days that it, it's, it's huge. Now I'm going to do a, a new story in reverse because I think it's a natural transition because, you know, I have really no interest in seismic desktop. I have no interest in tweet deck or, uh, any of these other services that survive locally on my own machine. And the reason why is because, well, Hootsuite is the entire thing that I want in a web browser. And so I don't have to worry about it, quote unquote, syncing between machines. It just exists. It is. It's the web. It's living on the wave of the web. It's so with all of that being said, do you want to tell people what Hootsuite has just announced? All right. Well, if you go to Hootsuite.com slash apps, and scroll down, you will see that Hootsuite has now made it possible. Now, this is not a desktop application in and of itself that you go and install, but it is almost a step better than that. It is running the web app 
in a, a virtual type of an environment um, in the same, either using, there's three different options. You can, and you can do this for Windows and for the, um, the Mac. And I've done, I'm actually running Hootsuite right now in its own little window. There's a little icon down in my uh, OSX dock that's the little Hootsuite icon. And I can click that and it will open up a full screen uh, window and it's nothing but Hootsuite. So it's as if it's the desktop app, but it's the benefit of it's directly plugged into the web. Right. So it's amazing. I love it. So, so you are using it and, and you do love it. Now, I do. And, and does it pull up notifications for you or anything like that, like some of the other des- these other applications? You can set that up. I kind of opt not to and just leave it open and you know open it up once in a while, but you can do that. Let me ask you this. Does the actual web app have notifications? I've never even looked to see. Um, I don't, I don't know if it does. I don't think I saw Maybe it. Maybe buried in the settings somewhere. Because I think it'd be neat to have a little pop-up or something like that that says, uh, you know, hey, you've got a direct message or, yeah. hey, you have an at reply. Um, but, but you're saying that the desktop does? It, it's in the, let's see here in preferences because it's got its own preferences. Basically what I'm doing, there's different ways to do this. The one way is um, there's something called Fluid. Yes. Which is for the Mac. And what Fluid does, let me open up, I'm going to get a little more information on here. It's basically a turn your favorite websites into Mac desktop applications. Okay. So maybe we should have took this over to the help I got a Mac. But anyway, uh, Fluid is the version that you it's basically you download Fluid, you throw it in your your apps box, then you download the Hootsuite Fluid app. Okay. And, and it's like 3 megs and you throw that in there and then you basically open up the Hootsuite icon. You run a, you know, setup thing here or there real quick to to kind of tweak it out and then it's as if you are opening because we use Firefox mainly, mm-hmm. um, it's as if you're opening up Firefox, but that you've got none of the ta- you don't have your tabs, you don't have your your toolbar, your your search bar, your you know address bar, URL, or anything like that. It's just one big screen full of just Hootsuite. Right, but in preference, so, but the, see now the thing is, is I I see that as a drawback because there are multiple times where I go to Hootsuite and I'm like, man, I'd love to actually click and go to this person's website and it'll it'll open up your browser separately. Right, but, but leave Hootsuite as itself, which I I for me I like that. Right. And I and there are also times when somebody'll say something and I'll like, "Oh, that'd be a great thing to go search on Google right now." And so I I'm already looking at my browser. So I I, I don't know. I wonder. I I think the thing I like is it gives Hootsuite more screen real estate on my screen. Yeah. By itself, which is nice. Well, that that is a that is a benefit. I just want to know if if they had now if they had some integration where it would give you some notifications, also kind of like these other here. desktop clients. That would get me to install it, so that so that you know I don't have to. Of course, I get direct notifications on. I don't even see, okay, so I don't even need it because I've got I get DMs on my SMS. So right, yeah. I don't know. So, but but obviously there is a market for it because you install it, you like it. I do because that's cool. ultimately I was still using TweetDeck on my um, Mac just because it was its own thing. I could click an icon, it would open up, and it would be right there versus 
having to go into Firefox and then click a link and then go to Hootsuite. So, sure. but now I've got down in the dock, little Hootsuite icon, click it. And seriously, within three seconds, it's open and it's everything's up and running and it's there. So that's cool. Super fast. Now they have options for the PC as well, correct? Yes. There's two ways you can go. Well, actually, there's three ways you can go with the PC. You can use desktop Chrome, whereas you, where you use Google's Chrome to create in and of itself basically the same thing, but you're using Chrome um, as your your browser base for it, um, which is cool if you like Chrome. Which you know I. I have a love-hate relationship with Chrome. I, I mean, Firefox is still my preference, but still. Um, who's And then as far as another option from Mozilla, you can use their their uh, Prism. I'm not sure if anybody, if you've heard of that. I've Prism, not heard of Prism. Prism is basically the same idea from Firefox. It's where you can, you either install Prism in and of itself and you can do well actually with prism you can use it on the um mac as well but you can you can install a firefox ex- its extension and then you you uh once you've installed the extension you restart the browser you can turn any website into a prism application by choosing create application for this website so you'd have a little icon basically on your desktop or in your quick launch or wherever and just click it real quick and it opens up Firefox specifically to that place, but it's full screen. Very cool. So, well, for those of you who, you know, love, you know, you say to yourself, you know, this whole Hootsuite thing is very nice, but man, I, I really wish it didn't have to exist inside my browser the good news is for those of you who feel that way, it is now available for you to, there are multiple options for you to choose from. So, yeah. So, I mean, it, it suddenly showed up. I think it was two, three days ago down in the little corner of Hootsuite. It said apps and plugins. And I thought, Oh, oh, what have they gone and done? And there's all these different, at least four or five different options, you know, different Firefox add-ons, Chrome add-ons to be able to send out your Hootsuite tweets real quick and, or, have them as basically a desktop. Well, that is awesome. Now, Hootsuite's also shared that they have, I mean, they're they're working all the time on some new stuff, and I love a company that is continually putting out new features. So uh, they just announced integration with something else. Uh, you want to tell people what this means to the world of blogging? They have added support for WordPress blogs. So essentially, what you and, and what they also... Well, let me first say this. They've added support for WordPress blogs, and with that in and of itself, you can now shoot quick tweets out to your, you know, a WordPress blog, which I think is great. I mean, blogging kind of got a shot in the arm to a certain extent with Twitter coming around, I think. Yeah, a lot of people who kind of just, I mean, you know, they felt like, man, if I have a blog, I... You know, I really don't have time to write, you know, five, six, seven paragraphs. But um, but th- this did get people back into the mindset of blogging. Now, of course, you know, I, I argue that maybe it took a little bit of too much of attention away from blogging. And, and people kind of, you know, have been spending more time on Twitter and and putting all of their quote unquote content. And, and, and that's the thing. I don't think enough people think about their tweets as being content. 
Right. But but they, but it is. It you know there so many times people say things, you know, on Twitter that man, it'd be great to have that quote unquote archived. You know that that's something you'd want to that's that's something you'd want to be able to go back and just see in the archives. It's like, oh, I remember when I said that or, you know, where, and, and the thing is sometimes that stuff can be very difficult to find in a Twitter, you know, when it's seven, eight months ago. Right. You know, but if you had it on WordPress, even if it's just a couple lines, it's like, you know, it, 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 it'd be nice to know. It's like, yeah, I, I was talking about that eight months ago. Here's, here's the post, you know, link yeah. back to it. And, and I think what, what, what Twitter should be, what Twitter is great for is is making sure that this this is a way for you to bring people back to your website you know oh yeah exactly i I think what happened is is i believe that our blogs should be our quote-unquote home on the web you know and um twitter and facebook and all these other places for for so many people that's their home on the web which if you if you ask me it's like renting Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're you're renting space, and if you stop paying rent, guess what? They kick you out. You know, you're 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 gone. Or or what if what if the place you're renting from? What if they go financially bankrupt? And well, you, it's like I'm sorry, you're gonna have to find a different place to stay. I'm selling the house. You know, I'm <laughs> we're, you're we're we're closing down shop here. And so so if that's your home on the web, you you have a real problem. Where do you go? Um, you know, but I I think I think going out and meeting people out in the community is is wonderful and then you can invite them back to your space to where it's a little bit more comfortable and, and you get an opportunity to get to know each other beyond just the surface level conversation yeah well that's what the that's what twitter is it's networking exactly exactly so so anyway this now this integration so are you still limited to let's say 140 characters when you do something like that it doesn't say I'm 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 trying to find it. It does say that it's only for WordPress.com accounts. Oh, that's they're wor- so stupid. Well, but they're working on the self-hosted WordPress blogs, okay. so it's well, it's on its way. They know it's needed. Well, th- and that to be honest with you, I know that that's easily done. I mean, gosh, I, I used to use a service called Utterly. Um, or well, it's called Utterly now, and or actually, they may have changed their name again. I don't know that they're. But anyway, they they started out as Utters. U T T E R Z, which was, um, right. It was a, it was a, you know, tweet by phone service. So just like what, everything I said about seismic just a few minutes ago for video, just imagine that in audio form. And that's what utters was. And, um, they, they had the ability to, to go in and when you post an audio note on, or when you call in a, an utter, um, then what would happen is it would be able to go into your self-hosted account and log in and post it. And it was actually done in a really good way. They had both a flash version um, or it would actually go in and make a very nice, clean post in your thing, in, in your account. So I, I tell you, I, I, I would like to see that. I would love to see the option to, you know, you're on Hootsuite and you want to create a real quick blog entry on your blog and you could actually choose WordPress and you could actually click a little button that expands the box to be instead of that little thin rectangle to make it more of a big post area. You can write a, maybe, maybe a paragraph or two with no character limit with no character limit. And you, and then boom, post it right to your WordPress for you. What would be even, yeah. What would be even greater is if you start that post out 
with like the title and then leave a space and that's what becomes the title of the the blog post yeah and then what would be even greater is if you decided to you would click your twitter account as well to have it be sent there and obviously if you go over the 140 characters it it's not going to show everything there but you'd get that initial um title and then if hootsuite could automatically do an owly link shortener link for the remainder of where it sent that wordpress post to that's perfect yeah because you've already tweeted out the uh headline and link to that blog post at the same time that you wrote and posted the blog post. Yeah, I, I'm wondering how this is all going to work out and and s- stuff. So, of course, being that it's WordPress.com only at this point, I'm really I really have little interest in it. But when they when they make it available for the others, now question: Will I use this? Honestly, I don't think so. Um, l- let me just give you like for example, I I look at I've got. Four WordPress installations that I use. One is my gspn.tv, and of course, I I really only post um, you know audio content with show notes there. And I do have a blog for GSPN, but those are usually it's kind of like a um, it's the it's the newsletter in between the newsletter kind of thing. So I I usually want to make sure I take time, well formatted stuff like that because it you know the latest blog post is what the front page of gspn.tv is. So I don't want to, you know, I don't want people to go to gspn.tv and then boom, they see a 140 character message or even just a, a poorly formatted, no graphical really concerns given at all uh, at, to, to be the front page of my site. Uh, so that's that. There's gspn.tv plus, which is, you know, obviously only the content that we produce audio for in their show notes. Then I have pursuing a balanced life is the only one I could think that I might be interested in posting this kind of stuff to but then again i'm actually considering whether or not do i still want to keep that as as its own domain uh i'm 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 consistently wondering do i fold that back in and just have that as a category or do i continually keep that as my own personal blog um you know so i'm not quite sure there and of course podcastanswerman.com there's no way no, that that is my business yeah. that is my business that is Everything there is all about strategy for me. Yeah. So, but, but now, however, if I were just a casual blogger, you know, and and here's, here's the thing that I'm thinking, um, is the people who use these services like Tumblr, you know, where you're just posting stuff, posting stuff. Yeah. And you want it to be your own and you want to have it on your own. Your you want to own it yourself then this is perfect for them. And I, and I, I, and this is, this is very good news. Yeah, exactly. So a Tumblr in, in integration to this would be perfect. Right. So Stefan's in our chat room. He says, Cliff, that um, they obviously need to work there on the, the blog post updates. He says, here's a bigger question. Is email becoming obsolete with all the different communication from all, from all these sites? Um, for me, I'll have to answer absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, email is still an essential form of communication for me. Uh, a matter of fact, all of these sites, they all default back to email. So like, for example, with Facebook, I've shared this several times. Uh, you send me a message in Facebook, 
Uh, well, if it weren't for the fact that Facebook sends has the ability to send me an email to tell me that you send me a message on Facebook, I'd never know. Um, because I, I literally, I log into Facebook about three times a week, sometimes only once a week. And matter of fact, um, I've got to the point now where, you know, I'll just save Facebook messages. You know, somebody sends, sends me a Facebook message. I will actually schedule time Friday afternoon during my afternoon email check. I will schedule to go in and respond to a Facebook messages once a week now. And, and unless the only the only exception to that is something that comes in important. Like, for example, uh, Mignon Fogarty emailed me via Facebook one day and says, hey, Cliff, I'm going to be in the Cincinnati area for a book signing. I'd love to, you know, meet up with you and your wife and uh, have dinner if you have time. And I'm like, I mean, I'm not going to sit there and put that off until Friday. Right. Uh-huh. But if somebody sends me a message and says, hey, Cliff, I have a great idea for your show. Here's a link to this. Here's a link to this. And here's a link to this. And you know, great show, blah, 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 blah. And oh, by the way, um, are you, you know, what are your thoughts on this now? Because now if they would have emailed me that, guess what they would have got a response right then, because I already took the time to read it. Then, you know, it only makes sense for me to hit the reply button and send it back to them. But because they sent it in Facebook, uh, I can't do that. So basically what I do is I just archive that email. It's like, okay, I know that's there. I know that can wait until my fri- Friday, you know, I respond to Facebook time. And um, so so that that's how I kind of, I'm organizing all this stuff. Because the problem is, is if, you know, sure, I know the I've just read the email. I know what they want. I have a real short answer and I could be done with this, have inbox zero at Facebook. And I click, you know, I could click on it. And the next thing you know, it's like I click on my profile link. And the next thing I know, I'm scrolling down and I see that, you know, all these different comments on the wall post that I've made. And now I was like, oh, I'd love to respond to that. And I'd love to. And now I was checking my email and I've just lost 30 minutes of time doing things that I was going to do at a scheduled time later. Does that make sense? Definitely. Yeah. So what about you? Do you think emails become going to eventually become obsolete? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think in anything, it's, it's kind of, at this point, it's been kind of the sister to, it's become the sister to the phone call. Yeah. And equally as important, but I think these things are, you know, social networking. I mean, it, in terms of Twitter, well, let's just take Twitter. For example, Twitter's not going to replace an email because you can't say as much in a Twitter Plus, Twitter's uh, not private unless you do direct messages, which then you're just going back and forth as if it's, you know, an, an SMS message or uh, uh, an IM message, you know. Yeah. And that's never going to replace typing in, especially for when it comes to business. I get people all the time who every single day they'll they'll type me out a paragraph, and by reading that full paragraph, I know how to best help them. But if they could only send me 140 characters, I don't think it would we'd get anywhere. Right. So let me tell you what I think that it, it, here's here's a question, Stefan, is are all of these services, Facebook, Twitter and all this stuff, are they going to replace the telephone call? And my answer to that is yes, uh, not not completely. I don't think that I don't think email or any of this stuff's ever going to go away. But you know, here's the deal. I remember just like burning through minutes all the time on my cell phone. There's no reason for that anymore. I, matter of fact, I could probably get by on a plan with 300 minutes a month, and that's me doing my business. 
Now, I, why I still have a 1500 minute a month plan share. Oh, wait a second. It's my wife. So, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, the, but the calls to her are free. Oh, wait, it's the call she makes. That's right? right. It's the calls that she and her sister in Washington state have for, you know, two and a half hours. But, uh, anyway, the deal is though, is that, you know, I, I'm out and about and I'm meeting somebody for lunch and I'm like, Hey, I'm running a few minutes late. Normally that would have been a phone call. But it's not. It's a direct message. Yep. You know, or hey, you and, and know, that's assuming they have the same capability. But we're getting there, right? Well, and and that's what I'm finding is that the most of the people that I hang out with, you know, they are all like minded people, and 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 if nothing else, they you know pretty much most everybody I interact with at least has SMS. Yeah. So so yeah, it, it, I th- I think that if anything, I don't think emails really going to lose any importance but uh those phone calls you know such as hey i'm running a few minutes late or hey can you bring home some milk that gosh my my wife tweets me all the time or or will you know text me all the time little messages that used to be phone calls you know and and how much time you know of course you know i i'd love to just spend my time with my wife that's not a problem but just think about all the people that call that just really called to just say something but then it's like okay well now i've i'm talking to you so let's talk for 5 minutes to make this worthwhile communication you you know what i'm saying oh yeah i mean there there is a weirdness there i've i've had i mean if if somebody out there like it's different for my my wife to call me and say hey i just want to let you know this is happening tonight and okay cool right. talk to you later i love you bye um can't really do that with somebody I haven't talked with for a couple of weeks because it feels weird to just say, hey, I'm coming in your town next week. You there? Yeah. So how you doing? And well, I got to go right now. Okay. Yeah. But a tweet covers that or an SMS message covers that perfectly. Last night was the perfect example. Last night, you know, you were, you took the week off last week. So last night, just as a reminder, I just sent you a mess. Could you imagine? I'm like, okay, let me dial up Eric. Hey, Eric, what's going on? Uh, just hanging out with the family. Uh, chit, you know, it's like, so how is, you know, are you having a good new year? Blah, blah, blah. You know, chit chat. I was just calling to see if you were, uh, st- if we're still on for tomorrow. Oh, yeah. What time? You know, blah, blah, blah. And we're going to, oh, have you got any stories? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, next thing we know is like we just spent 10, 15 minutes on the phone. We both use up our minutes. It, it, well, yeah. And we're both using up our minutes. And you may have been doing something with your family. You know, and I may have interrupted you in the middle of that. But instead, last night, it's like I sent you a text message and it just says, are we still on for tomorrow? Yes. Cool. <laughs> and then right. that was it. I mean, and, and yeah. it was time shifted and and you could respond to it. And and the other thing is like later on in the evening, I like w- interested in filling in for help. I got a Mac tomorrow. Yeah, sure. Cool. See you then. <laughs> you know, it was like, yeah, that was it. I mean, and so, yeah, the phone, I think the phone calls are are what's really gone to the wayside uh, for quick little short messages like that. It's make mm-hmm. I think that's something that's making us a lot, you know, and and of and and I think it has a lot to do with Twitter and and getting us all. I think Twitter did a lot for people getting into the 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 mode of communicating with their cell phones in text form. Oh yeah. Well, and and just to to do the flip side of our conversation last night, I was actually I was in the middle of doing something and I'd got the message and saw yours, so I replied real quick, then put the phone back in my pocket, put my coat on, 
hauled a bunch of Christmas decorations back out to the garage and then got another beep and then would respond then and then walk. And so the whole conversation happens over the course of five minutes, which granted is longer than it probably would have taken us if we were doing, you know, a, vo- a voice phone call. But we were able to go about what else we were doing at the same time. Right. Convenience wise. So Exactly. So anyway, it, 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 yes, a little serenity in life brought to you by the power of social networking. Yes. All right. So it looks like we have just one more story here, and then I think I have a voicemail. So uh, what's this LinkedIn 3.0 for the iPhone? All right. Well, as you know, LinkedIn has been growing in popularity with everybody in the world as well as us. Uh, they integrated Twitter a few months ago. That upped their state, their their uh, status updates on LinkedIn by I, I forget how many percent, but it was a, a huge percent. And um, I've had LinkedIn on my iPhone, the app, for a while. I don't touch it very much, actually, hardly at all. But I just keep thinking, man, I want to have it on there in case I run into somebody that I want to, you know, find them on LinkedIn and connect real quick. But anyway, the uh, LinkedIn iPhone app released a new version which did some pretty cool new um, touches to it where I don't, I'm not sure if you've heard of the uh, the app out there that's like where you take two iPhones and you bump them together and you you contacts meet yeah and you share well this has that integrated into it so if I'm on LinkedIn and you're on LinkedIn and we're together say at a conference or something yeah and we you know we walk away feeling man we better uh, connect. Well, we both pull out our iPhones and you do the bump thing and it connects you. Right. That is cool. So right there, for that alone, it's worth the free price of admission for the, just, for the just, app. Just be careful <laughs> that you actually don't go into a large crowded room and, and you accidentally bump up against somebody and then all of a sudden you're connected to right. somebody you don't want to be connected to. Well, that's I, it, it, <laughs> gave me, it, gives me a, it gives me a funny picture of somebody who's who's ultra trying to connect with everybody in the room and he just runs around and he takes out his iPhone and just keeps tapping everybody with <laughs> no their doubt. phones. Uh, anyway. I know that um, guy. Yeah. Well, there are other updates. There's a bunch of different, like, it, it's very, very visually similar to the Facebook iPhone app, which is one of the better UIs, I think, for, a, for an iPhone app as far as social media apps go. But they've broken it out where you've got you know, all the different status updates, the different profiles, discussions, which are one of the great things on LinkedIn, by the way. If you haven't tried that out, different. if you can join different groups, um, for example, Social Media Today has a group on there. Yep. So even if you're not introduced directly with all these other people, you can still see what's being discussed and join in on the, you know, the conversations. A lot like the old, you know, Yahoo and Google type groups. Um, but you can specifically pick what theme is being talked about, um, your connections, your invitations, um, things like that. So, I mean, it's just, it's, excuse me, it's well worth trying out. I I really like it. I've been playing with it a little bit more now. Um, And just LinkedIn, you know, in general, I've been really liking lately. Um, The other thing that they, it's not new, but I've gotten into it a lot more is the Amazon book lists that you can put on there. Um, for example, let me go to my LinkedIn real quick. If, you, if I go to my LinkedIn page, or if you went to my profile on LinkedIn, I should say, uh-huh. you would see over to the right, you'd see reading list by Amazon. Right. And you could click and see what my reading list is. 
I've thrown a bunch of books in there where I've either read them already. Let me go down to the bottom. Um, the ones I've actually marked as read. Because you can mark books that you want to, like, for example, social nomics, how social media transforms the way we live and do business. Well, at first I marked, I'm reading it. Well, now I've marked that I've read it and I've marked as recommended and I'm put a comment uh, and just kind of wrote a little, you know, two, three sentence paragraph about the book and what, what I thought of it. Um, same thing with this inbound marketing uh, book here and the social media Bible. So I've got recommendations on there. And what's great is that I can look in my network of everybody I know and what their reading lists are and see what people are saying they want to read or what they are reading or what they have read and get really great recommendations because this is, you know, it's LinkedIn, it's professional development and see what are the top, you know, books out. Like here's a Seth Godin book that I marked want to read because I saw somebody else was reading it or thought it was great. Um, four hour work week tribes, crush it. I marked it. I did a review for crush it. So I would love to see you go in and make your reading list of what you have read or what you are reading or what you want to read and have everybody else be able to follow along on there. That is interesting. I might have to look into that. Of course. I really like it. Yeah. Um, that, that is, that is very cool. I've, and by the way, while you've been talking, I've actually installed the LinkedIn application. I'm getting a bunch of errors back and forth that says it, you know, having trouble communicating uh, to the server and, you know, it's been reported. But if I keep trying, it, it eventually does some stuff. So, um, and I just pulled, I pulled over, uh, pulled up your LinkedIn account here. Um, I noticed you don't have your phone number on LinkedIn. I should probably put a business phone number on there. I kind of, I don't know. I think I felt like somebody's going to call me up random and yeah, that wouldn't be good. But I guess now that I have a cell, I can do that. Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking. Gonna... I'm looking. As a matter of fact, I'm just randomly pulling up people in here, and I'm surprised at the number of people who don't put their phone number on. I wonder if my phone number is on there. I don't, I don't know if it'll show my profile or not. I don't know if I yeah. put my phone number. I think. In I think for my. I think what I thought of was if I'm on your LinkedIn page. If you're on my LinkedIn page and you like what you see you can send a quick message via LinkedIn versus it's kind of yeah. strange to get a phone call out of the blue. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, definitely. And, and for somebody like myself, you know, having my phone number available is, you know, Hey, right. you, you got a quick question and you're looking to hire me, you know, uh, you know, I, I'll take that. But, uh, yeah. But anyway, so that's very cool. That's very cool. Hey, I'll tell you what, let's move over to, uh, I'll have to investigate that Amazon thing because that does yeah. sound interesting. Let's go ahead and find out what Brent Green has as a question for us. Hi, Cliff. This is Brent Green calling in from Kansas City. want to say thanks for mentioning our podcast, our business there last week on social media serenity. Appreciate your comments there and wanted to say one more thing about that. One thing that social media has really helped us with is the clients that were on the edge that are kind of thinking about maybe purchasing some coaching from us, that free content that we provide them and that they see on our website, they see through Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, blog, podcast, that's really helped to push them over the edge to 
take advantage of our services. So not only does it help us find new clients, it helps really take relationship with uh, current clients or potential clients that are on the edge even further. Thanks for what you guys do. Appreciate the podcast, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you so much, Brent, very much for the uh, comment there. And yeah, Eric, last week I shared how, you know, he was, he had said, you know, man, the social media stuff, the social networking stuff really does work. You know, I've already got more, more business coaching clients than I can personally handle myself. So yeah, that is awesome stuff. And, but yeah, he's absolutely right. And I I totally get that because that's, that's been my case here as well. Well, Eric, thank you once again for pulling together some wonderful stories for us to share with the community out there. And we want to say thank you to our gspn.tv plus members uh, for subscribing uh, to our plus membership and uh, having access to these extra episodes here. And uh, we'll be back again next week. Anything else you want to share before we go? No, that's it. Yeah. All right. Well, everybody, thank you very much. I hope that you're off to a wonderful start to 2010 and uh, that you'll be able to find ways to use social networking, social media to help you find more efficiency and uh, more meaningful connections and relationships in your day-to-day life. We'll talk to you next week. Until next time, join the community. 